Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode, the pilot episode of our new furry podcast, Unpause. I'm your host, Be With Pause, and I'm joined today by my co-host, best friend, and fursuiting buddy, Crow With Pause. Say hi, Crow. Hello, everybody. So So nice to be here. (laughs) We have been working really hard on getting this podcast out to you guys. It's taken a lot of practice and a lot of tweaks with our technology and with recording. Um, But we're really excited for this project. It's going to be so fun and we hope you guys really like it. Um, I know that I said that we would have a guest every single episode, but we thought that this first episode we could have kind of an intro. So yeah, from now on guests will be featured every other episode, but we're just going to be chilling today and talking to you guys just kind of like one-on-one. So you can get to know us a little bit. Crow, you want to go first? Uh, my name is Crow. I am 22 years of age, and my pronouns are he, they, and I'm very happy that uh, B offered for me to help them do this wonderful podcast idea because I'm super excited. I'm super excited too. Um, if you guys don't already know me, my name is B. I am 20 years old, and my pronouns are they, them. Now, Crow and I are local to one another. We are local to the Pittsburgh area, any of my other Pittsburgh furs. Um, And what else is in Pittsburgh do we know of, Crow? Anthrocon. Anthrocon. And because Anthrocon is our home convention, of course we had to attend. And honestly, it was super fun. It was kind of annoying that we had to commute all of the days that we went. But other than that, it was a super fun experience. Um, but enough of talking about what we've been doing recently. Um, what got you into the fandom to begin with? What do you think? Was it like your exposure to maybe the local scene? Was it the media online? Um, for me, it was definitely a combination of a couple things. I think a big part of it was, um, my like childhood love of just animals in general. Um, I was always obsessed with animals reading encyclopedias of animals dog breeds cat breeds I wanted <laughs> you to name know it, it all. I had a book about it it's exactly same and um another big part was um when my family got our first like family computer that we had in the hallway it was always in the hallway <laughs> we never put it always anywhere else in the hallway no no just like this huge like desk thing with like books on one side and then a computer like a giant computer the big boxy one on the desk yep and i remember going on the computer and ending up on youtube and i would watch these compilations of mostly stolen art of like anime wolves uh dogs cats and it was always to very early 2000s styles of music, like Every Time We Touch by Cascada, Anything by Three Days Grace, Skillet, a ton of Nightcore. Every song was just sped up with that little bit of auto-tune. Ugh, that, 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 that's what I grew up on watching. Good memories. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> um, but they... Then from there, I distinctly remember I was watching one of these videos and then another video popped up and this one was actually of people in, like, photographs of people in their fursuits. 
like really artistically done like professional photographs and it was to the song animal i have become by three days grace which i thought was both very fitting and also very funny at the time (laughs) um and that was kind of like oh what is what is what is this i like this 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 seems like a lot of fun this seems cool and from there i kind of just went down a deep dive of what a fursuit was what the furry fandom was uh why were people a part of the fandom and things like that and that just kind of like really kick-started it which led into me finding out about anthrocon over the radio um i was listening to a local station 96.1 kiss shout out um and they um they had mentioned it on one of the morning shows i guess i was in the car with my mom i think and they mentioned anthrocon and i was like oh I'd kind of heard of the name Anthrocon, I just didn't really know what it was until I kind of went on that deep dive and was like, oh, it's a furry convention. I want to go to this, but at the time I was a minor, and being a minor and getting into cons can be, like, a little bit of a process. It can be a little pricey, it can, you have to get, like, a notarized permission form, I'm pretty sure, and you have to have a parent, um, like, escort you through the con, like, as a as a chaperone essentially they had us bring um, our ids i think my birth certificate like a copy of it yes and like a copy of yeah yeah mm-hmm. i i i i remember that process i don't know if well, it's the but, same way um, anymore but i i hope it is because it's good safety process. first right yes and um because my parents weren't really 100 percent sold on it um instead my stepdad would take me to the David L. Lawrence Convention Center's uh, hotel that's attached to it, where almost, I would say, half the people that come stay. Um, And I would just hang out in the lobby and get to interact with them. And I loved every second of it. I I went probably, like, three or four years in a row before I finally got to go into the con space itself. But that that was kind of, like, my introduction to the fandom and like how i really started to get involved mine started pretty much exactly the same way um it started on the family computer on youtube on google um and then it kind of expanded to my little ipod touch um i had furry amino i had amino and like i was in a whole bunch of different communities and then i was discovering the furry community on instagram a little bit more as well i think the first ever time that i had like an in-person experience with furries was at anthrocon 2017. um i remember i was in eighth grade so i was about 14 ish and i had begged my mom to take me to anthrocon it was the biggest deal to me i was so excited i can't remember if i asked for it for my birthday um or what, but we only went for one day, um, and it was such an amazing memory, genuinely, like, she had a blast, I had a blast, um, and it's so cool to look back on the pictures that we took and see little me, um, and then seeing how far I've come, like, in the fandom and as a person. That's great. I think it's really fun that, like, there's such a wonderful and welcoming community that we were able to find just kind of haphazardly on the internet right it it was so fun and because everybody was just so amazing and welcoming to this little kid that obviously like doesn't really know what's going on but is just having the time of their life it was amazing. exactly like i totally remember like one of my big things was i was obsessed with the big paws 
um, that mm-hmm. a lot of fursuiters mm-hmm. had. So I would constantly be like trying to get high fives or like squishing the like beans, the little paw pads and mm-hmm. stuff. Do like patty cake with me and stuff like that. Like such good moments and like memories of like that like childhood whimsy almost brought to life in front of me. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the media that maybe you took in growing up um, that maybe inspired you or maybe influenced your love of anthropomorphic animals. I think we both enjoy, of course, the classics like The Lion King. Balto. Balto. um, Brother Bear, as you mentioned the other day. Brother Bear, for sure. I I loved Brother Bear. Um. I remember watching like Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, Robin Hood, like Robin Hood. Yeah, the really like classic Disney movies, like Lady and the Tramp or like 101 Dalmatians. Oh, is a yeah. big one I remember for sure. And then of course there were like books that I read. Like I remember Wolves of the Beyond, um, with Fallon. I think the wolf, the main character's name was, which Memories. I believe was oh. actually a wolf with like some sort of disability like an injured paw or something. I thought so too I thought maybe they only had like three legs or they were half blind so it was something that like they they did have a disability but they were still like doing their best to like keep up with their their pack or something like that yes yes I remember that one and then of course I later down the line got into like the warrior cat series which is like I think a lot of furries like kind of intro to that world a lot of the time is I Warrior never, Cats. I never read Warrior Cats. And my my fursona is a cat. Like, I <laughs> I love cats. My um my fursona actually, whenever I first got them back in, like, 2016, they were somebody else's Warrior Cats OC. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. But I was like, I don't cats even care. OC. That's now <laughs> yeah. your fursona. But you never read the Warrior Cats series. Nope. That's so funny to me. Um... But yeah, the Warrior Cat series was kind of like a huge factor. And then there was another book that I read. This one's probably a lot lesser known, but I read something called The Sight, which was this like pack of wolves that were, one of them was able to like see visions and have like prophetic dreams and things like that, which is where the name The Sight came from. And it kind of like followed them. And then there was a sequel, which followed the main character was... A girl, uh, her brother, whose name I believe was Fell. That sounds really that familiar was... also. Yeah, that was one of my favorite books. I might have to reread that one now that I think about it. Now that it's <laughs> re-entered my brain, I need a refresher. Because that was one of my favorites. But I think the biggest one that kind of like media-wise really affected like how I entered the fandom. Which really got me to look into those like art compilations in the first place was uh, an anime called Wolf's Reign, which is about these this pack of wolves that is able to disguise themselves as humans in this kind of like post-apocalyptic wasteland of a world um, on a journey to find a fabled paradise for wolves. And it, to this day, is probably one of my all-time favorite both animes and tv shows in general and it holds a very special place in my heart because it's kind of what really jump-started my interest in the fandom and drawing and animation and all of all of those creative outlets that I now kind of 
thrive in. Mine was definitely The Lion King. For sure. That would that it's still my one of my favorite movies of all time. And you know, whenever you're like a young kid and you have like YouTube or Google, you're gonna type in things that you're familiar with, like that you you know that you like, just to see like what else is out there. And it was definitely The Lion King. I could remember um like printing out pictures off of Google and like coloring them in, like the Lion King line art. And that's whenever I first started, that's whenever I first started like designing my own OCs and like developing characters. But I was, I mean, it was free to use line art on Google, but I just like, that's where I started. And that's what really got me into it because I was like, oh my God, I love creating characters. And especially like if I could put them in this little universe that I know that I love, that I can see and watch, it just like blew my mind. I loved it. No, I, I totally feel that. And you, like, jogged a memory. I used to, on this terrible little computer in my hallway, we had, of course, the OG art program, MS Paint. Oh, with my the God. Hella pixelated drawing of capabilities. And I would get free-to-color line arts, and I would import them into MS Paint. But, of course, it wasn't very good at, like, coloring in stuff. So it would be, like... I would use the fill tool and it would just be these like blobs of color inside the line art that didn't quite fill it up. I know and so exactly then I would try what you're talking about. Go in and like fix it and it was so bad. But I had literally so many files saved to that computer of just characters that I had drawn on these line arts. And like, ugh, it's crazy to think about how many I probably had that are just lost to time. That's also something, I think I developed my very first persona, which was a Dutch angel dragon, back whenever I was in middle school. I developed my first persona um, off of, like, a free-to-use Dutchy line art, like, file that I printed out, and then I would just, like, draw on top of it and sketch and, like, see what I liked and see what I didn't like. I was a hardcore Dutchy fan back in the day. I was obsessed with everything, like telephone, and they were my favorite fursuits to look telephone. at. Yes, I. As soon as you said Dutch Angel Dragons, all those memories came flooding back of like open species, closed species, like all of those like deviant art kind of like art species that people had created from the fandom. Right. But like, I think my first fursona design was pretty basic honestly i think it was just like an emo black wolf with like a fringe and like red eyes named like shadow, shadow. or shade <laughs> or something or something like that something real real like oh that's a very early 2000s kid vibe i think um, i think my persona was black and white and blue like teal and gray because those are, I mean, still to this day, one of my favorite color palettes in characters. And, like, my room is literally teal and white. <laughs> and I have gray accents. And, like, I just love it. I love it. But it was definitely, yeah, it was not, I did not apply it well. It was mostly just stripes. It was, that was, like, the only design element that I knew was stripes. That was it. <laughs> I think the only other design element mine had was scars. Scars and like a choker, like a yes. That's what I would do for my OCs, my little my little kid OCs that I would make into little stories. It was always they always yep. had a scar because they were cool, and they had like a mohawk and a spiked collar yep. and 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 
like claws, like bigger claws than everybody else. That's what it was. Mine always had like a notch in the ear. Yep. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That too. But now that you've like kind of like grown up, for you, is this still more of like a hobby or do you consider it more a part of your lifestyle or has it kind of stayed in that like just a creative outlet phase for you? Yeah, so I am a diagnosed autistic person, um, and essentially the furry fandom is my special interest. So I love learning about it, I love interacting with it, I love thinking about it, and like partaking in it in any way that I can. Um, so in that way, because it is such an integral part of my life and what makes me happy and what I think about, um, I would kind of consider it more of a lifestyle. Like, yes, it is a hobby, but because of the way that my brain is wired, um, I want to interact with it as much as I can every single day. What about you? Um, I was also recently diagnosed as autistic. Uh, I went most of my life not realizing, but um, when you said that it's like kind of a special, always been a special interest for you, it kind of clicked that that's kind of how I think I've always felt about it, but I didn't have the language or words to express that's what it was because exactly. I've almost every day of my life at some point I have interacted with that interest, whether it be drawing, looking at art, um, talking to people, role playing, uh, playing games where I could play as an animal and create stories and characters and stuff like that. Um, recently I was able to buy a fursuit for the first time in my life and we've gone suiting together and I constantly love to do that and like there's always that urge to like go out and do that or like exactly I need to interact with the fandom in some way shape or form at least a little bit either every day every other day week to week just because it it genuinely brings me so much peace and joy that I I, I don't find almost anywhere else in my life in terms of like that contentment or it like sounds that so amount of odd but it's like a need it's like your body is, is like this is where i find my serotonin this is a need i need this yes so i would say it's partially a hobby but more of just a part of my identity as a person like not the same as like my gender or my sexuality is on that level but just like the same way as someone who's into metal music would call themselves a metalhead. Like, I am a furry, and I'm happy and proud to be one because it, it genuinely brings me so much joy and happiness. Like, I adore it, and I love that I have a friend, a best friend, that I can interact with in that way. Like, to go have experience someone that, stuff with. Yeah, have to buddy. have someone that experiences it and feels that same joy and like understands it for sure i feel the exact same way um so like you're very open about being a furry and being happy and content with being one um how did your family react because i know that you said they took you to anthrocon to, not like to the convention but around the convention to interact with fursuiters how did they react whenever you like were definitively labeling yourself as a furry um, for the most part, my parents didn't really have too much of, an, of a reaction. Like, I think their biggest um, gripes or, like, concerns were, like, uh, because I was a minor at the time, being, like, 
safe because a lot of the fandom is uh older than me and things like that and like don't go to like meetings and things without like one of us or like things like that um but for the most part they were pretty accepting of it like they still thought it was weird but like i'm a weird person i've always been weird and i've honestly probably gotten weirder as i've aged unlike (laughs) other people who i feel like i grew i grew up with and they were like kind of weird with me and then as they got older they're not weird at all they're very basic and normal and i'm like and i don't mean basic as rude i just mean like i'm very eccentric we have a lot put it we have a lot going on (laughs) yeah and so i feel like i've just gotten weirder and weirder as i've aged so like they were they were pretty chill about it they were just more concerned about me going about it safely not interacting with adults in creepy ways um big like stranger danger online safety was a huge a huge thing but for the most part they they just kind of accepted it as a part of me even though it's weird and my mom still finds it really weird and she's like it's so strange but she knows it makes me happy so yeah the first time that I told my parents that I was a furry I was about like 12 or 13 I was in like seventh grade I think um and again throwback to the family computer in the hallway um I didn't have headphones or anything so anything that I listened to or watched they could also see and hear um so whenever I told them the first time it came as a surprise to no one (laughs) um they were just kind of like you know whatever makes you happy I've always just kind of been a weird little child and I've always kind of been hyper fixated on the fandom but um I left whenever I was 16 because I wanted to try to be a normal high schooler I guess I mean I was goth throughout high school so I don't really understand how me not being a furry would have made me more normal but I digress so I was out of the fandom from ages like 16 to about 19 because 19 is whenever I rejoined which was last year um and I went to my parents again and I was just kind of like hey (laughs) do you remember whenever I told you that I wasn't a furry I'm a furry again, and I'm buying a fursuit, and, like, you know, I'm 19. <laughs> I pay all my own bills, I have my own car, like, it's, I just wanted to kind of explain if, like, a fursuit showed up at the door, um, but my mom absolutely loves it, and they are just as supportive and accepting as they were back then, so. That's good. That's always, like, what I hope parents will act like when someone is like, yeah, I'm a furry. Like this this is a hobby or this is part of my lifestyle that I I enjoy. Like just support your kids. Like it's exactly. not that hard. Just make sure they're being safe about it. Give them the usual talks of like stranger danger, like don't do anything I wouldn't do, that sort of thing. Right. Um but other than parents, how did people your age, like your friends kind of react to it or like people that knew about you being a furry that were like in school with you well back in like middle school I would say that my friends were my friends were pretty supportive I had a few friends that were also furries so we all like you know drew together and talked about our OCs and everything um I don't really remember what everybody else's reactions were because as an undiagnosed little autistic middle schooler I didn't I wasn't able to comprehend what people's reactions were to me and to, like, the things that I did and the things that I said. I just, for some reason, didn't have that concept. So I can't remember (laughs) how people reacted. 
but the people that I were friends with, I knew that they were fine with it. And nowadays, like most of my friends are furries. Like we have gotten so involved in the local scene, the community, and even the online scene that like I have so many more friends that are furries than are not furries. Um, But like my boyfriend, he doesn't care. He's a cosplayer. He's a nerd. He, He could care less. It makes me happy. And then, like, I have, I have, like, you. Like, you are also a furry, and we get to go and do things together. So the people in my life that I'm really close with, they don't care. They think it's cute. They think it's fun. Um, my parents now think it's fun. My mom loves it. She'll tell everybody and anybody that I am a furry. And I'm like, Mom, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> didn't, didn't your mom also ask you uh, to, make, to make her a yeah, fursuit she was Yeah, like, she was like, could I also fursuit with you? Like, can we make can we make me a little a little one of my own and i was like oh, of course we can we never did but she still has that sentiment that she would like to maybe maybe that can be our goal to surprise your mom with a with a character of her own oh that would be so cute i know that we're in like some of the same friend circles but what about you what about like back then and then more recently um for me a lot of the time people kind of just assumed I was a furry because of the way that I was. Like, I was, um, I always felt more like an animal than a person growing up. I don't know if that's just because I was undiagnosed autistic or just because I had such an affinity for animals that I tend to relate to them more than I did people. Like, I always loved to be around my cats and my dog and, like, just any animals I would prefer over a person growing up. Yes, I love to be outside and, like, be out in nature. I would, like, look for bugs. I would interact with any wildlife I could, like, but, um, so a lot of people kind of just assumed I was, which they weren't wrong. I was. Um, but a lot of my friends, uh, some of them were furries. Some of them definitely, like, considered themselves a part of the fandom, um, and we would talk about OCs, draw, um, roleplay, that sort of thing, um. Role-playing was huge. But it was so fun. For, yes. I miss it, honestly. I don't have anyone that I really role-play with anymore. But I really just... My friends kind of just were chill about it. Like, they would poke fun at me occasionally, but I don't think it was in a mean-spirited way. I think it was just because I was so into it that it was, like, so obvious that it was easy to make fun of. Exactly. Um, just like, haha, furry. But f- and you're just like, yeah. But for the... <laughs> For the most part, my my friends were pretty pretty like standard about it. They were like, "It makes you happy. It's a little weird, but you're already weird, so like it it's nothing we're not used to." And then <laughs> like I got picked on for it, but like I didn't really care what other people think. I think that's the autism though. Like I people would make fun of me and I was just like, "What?" Yep. Like, <laughs> like I just I I it didn't click with me that they were trying to genuinely upset me. Right. I had a lot of people that would, I would be drawing, I would be constantly drawing. I would be drawing and they'd be like, what is that? You know, like what, and then I'd be like, oh, this is my fursona or, oh, this is my character. And then I'd want to talk about them because I'd be super excited about it. And then they'd be like, oh, like what, what answer were you expecting from me? I don't like what you asked. So I'm going to tell you. I know the exact tone at which that o is doing and the look in their eyes that they do where it's like they're like this is really weird and i'm no longer interested in this conversation but Mm -hmm. they're still talking that sort of vibe i hated that i hated when people would do that because i couldn't quite pinpoint 
why they had that tone or what that tone meant. Exactly. I just knew that it made me feel ashamed. Exactly. What about you? Did you have any personas or characters that you remember from back then whenever you first joined the fandom? And maybe, like, how are they different from your characters and personas now? Um, again, a lot of the times my fursonas were um, canines of some sort, whether that be a certain dog breed, a wolf, a fox. Um, a big one of my characters, though, was actually a character that I roleplayed as on a game called Feral Heart, which was um, like a little roleplaying game where you could make groups, you could design characters, talk with people, make friends, etc. And I would play on that game all the time. But I had this character named Cold, D-O-L-D, like the word cold. <laughs> I was very creative with names. I'm still terrible at naming characters. I think I've gotten a little better. Um, but Cold was just this huge, tall, kind of like dark gray and black wolf with um, some distinct markings and silver eyes. That was the big thing. Silver eyes and like... Uh, kind of like a mohawk type hair um that's how you knew they were edgy if you don't have a mohawk or a fringe how do you know that they're going to be like some badass character exactly and he i would draw him all the time in my sketchbooks in my notebooks um everywhere and he was like a very special character to me because he was part of a group where i actually met my first partner that I ever had my oh, ex-girlfriend really? yeah um we met through feral heart role playing as our characters and then we started talking on skype that's a weird that's an old ass sentence <laughs> skype of all things we started that talking ages on you skype. a little bit yes <laughs> and then and then we started um talking from there and we ended up dating for a good almost four and a half five years before we um went sep- went our separate ways but like Cold holds a very special place in my heart to this day, and I hope to actually maybe redesign him. But one of the big things that um, has changed about like my fursonas is a lot of my fursonas originally were female and like very depressed and anxious and sad, <laughs> edgy and yeah, edgy emo, very emo, and um. Now all of my characters are usually male or non-binary, and um, a lot of them still have some of those like darker like themes because I am more goth and alternative and like punk. I'm very much into those subcultures, so a lot of my characters reflect that now. But um, I like a lot of like more complex designs or a lot of more a lot more designs with like symbolism. So a lot of my personas and characters have a lot more behind them now rather than just oh they look cool right um but one of the main ones is um that's different is my fursuit character uh Sykar, whose name i may or may not change i haven't decided decided <laughs> we're yet. working on it but he's an irish wolfhound which is a character species that you don't normally see a lot of like you see dogs like huskies uh pit bulls um Labradors, Golden Retrievers, Brazoi, that sort of thing. But Irish Wolfhounds and, like, scruffier breeds like that, you don't see a lot of characters of. Um, And so he's definitely my most unique character out of, like, what I used to draw. 
but um, I'd like to hear a little bit about yours now, because you mentioned that you had a lot of, like, Lion King OCs and, like, characters like that, so what are, what are your fursonas and characters like now? So the character that I've actively had for the longest is my comfort fursona, Olive. And Olive is a main coon. I actually have a fursuit of them now, which is super duper exciting. But I got them back in 2016 on Furry Amino. They were somebody else's Warrior Cats OC, and they had like a few pieces of art. But um, I just absolutely fell in love with their design. And back then, their name was Ledger. That's just the name that they came with. And I didn't really resonate with that name for them, but I didn't have any better ideas. So I stuck with the name Ledger for the longest amount of time. And then once I started figuring out who I was and my identities, I came out as trans non-binary, I kind of wanted my comfort persona to reflect the lack of gender that I had because it just opened so many possibilities and it just would make me feel more comfortable. So they used to be Ledger, he, him, little grumpy old man cat, um, and now they are Olive, any pronouns. Um, they're a gender just as I am, just, you know, like I said, to open up all those possibilities for perception. Um, and where Olive is my comfort persona, I also want them to be perceived as like a comfort character for anybody else who needs it. Um, not that they aren't my character and like my property, my persona, but whenever I fursuit as them or whenever I post art of them, I want somebody to be able to see that and perceive them in any way that makes them feel the most comfortable. So if they want to see him as a boy, if they want to see her as a girl, if they aren't sure and they just see them as a cat, then that's completely fine. But I want to <laughs> be able to have those options with the way that they are. So yeah, Olive is the only fursona that I still have from middle school. They've not gone through many design changes. I think recently I just added um, just like a pink belly to them because I think it's cute. But um I was able to actually buy one of my dream fursuits. It's just a head and a tail, but it was made by Redshift Rodeo, and it is a Halloween-themed bat. I bought it secondhand, um, and just because I have always loved this fursuit and the style and the attitude that it gives, um, I wanted to design a second fursona off of this fursuit. So my second fursona's name is Jeepers, and they are just like, I guess they would be a true sona if that is the correct term, um, they are just like me, where Olive is all of the soft things that I enjoy about myself or the soft things that I enjoy in life, like lavender and sushi and like my comfort shows and whatnot, thunderstorms. Jeepers is just how I am. Like they're a metalhead, they're a goth, they're a punk, they are outspoken and confident and it's really cool to be able to put on a super dope fursuit and still feel exactly like myself. Like, that's how I feel with Olive, but this way I'm able to perform more of my own personality, less than just, like, baby, if that makes any sense. So we were talking about fursuits a little bit, fursonas. Um, what are ways that you enjoy interacting with the fandom? Enjoy interacting with fandom in... A bunch of different ways basically any way that i can watching people on youtube um following artists on instagram um for affinity i used to do a lot of role playing um, and i make art myself like i love to draw i love to create character designs um 
create stories for characters. Basically, any way that I can have interaction with this fandom is a way that I try to. Like, I really enjoy that you and I have been going to local fur meets and meeting people and getting to interact in that way and getting to fursuit. Just put on my big old dog head and just not have to think for a while about how rough life can be and just kind of escape into the world of something that brings me so much joy but a bit a big way for me is definitely art art for sure what about you um i interact with the fandom most i think because i was kind of confined to only interacting with the fandom online i mean i went to anthrocon once but as a minor i didn't feel comfortable going to meets and like dragging my mom to go meet all these strangers um So I feel like I try to make up for that now by, like, going to as many in-person events as possible. I mean, I still interact with, like, I love content creation. So I love making TikToks and posting on Instagram and doing art and making friends. But I also love in-person experiences because I lacked that so much growing up. And that's something that I wanted more than anything. I would watch YouTube videos about fursuit parades and about, like, people's convention videos and convention experiences, and that's all I wanted was to be able to do that. So now that I can do that, I try to do it as much as possible. Um, we talked a little bit about going to conventions and meets. What are some conventions that you've attended and maybe some that you hope to attend in the future? So the main conventions that I've attended, I've attended with friends. Mostly you. Um, the big one is, of course, Anthrocon. Um, the other ones that we I've kind of gone to have been local, like Steel City Con, um, little like local fur meets. I wouldn't really consider them conventions, but like I think they count as like events. Yeah. The main ones that I do want to go to though is I would love to be able to travel for uh, Midwest Fur Fest one year. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to Euroferns. Right, that just happened. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I really want to go to Euroferns because that was one of the ones that I when I had first gone to like the lobbies and the hotels and stuff, I remember the first like con vlog that I kinda like saw was from Euroferns and particularly it was following around a I believe a clockwork creatures fursuit, which is like a really, I think, well known name in the fandom that makes like really hyper realistic, really fantasy based um, fursuits, which They're are really pretty. Absolutely gorgeous. They're so high quality. Um, and so I, w- I would love to go to MFF, Euroferns, honestly, any cons. I would just love to someday, I want to have, I want to be able to say, that I've experienced every major fur- furry convention in the world. That's like my main that would goal be really is cool. to be able to travel to a bunch of them and just get to experience that. My biggest What about you? My biggest goal for a convention is to be able to like travel to one because all of the conventions that I've attended personally are within like a driving distance. Um and not like a couple hours away. It's just been like maybe an hour maximum away. Just because that's easier and it's cheaper um but i would love to attend mff maybe um free delphia anything that i can travel to and like have to go on a plane and have to get a hotel room 
Um, I have attended, oh, another local con that I've attended is Wapafa, which is West Pennsylvania Furry Weekend, um, which is super local. It's only like 20 minutes away from me. Um, but I just, yeah, any con that I could like travel to and have that experience of traveling and traveling with a fursuit, because I, I hear so much about it all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, Anthrocon 2024, I'll be 21. So I plan to get a hotel room and just kind of have the full party experience of Anthrocon and the conventions and staying in the hotel and just all the shenanigans that ensue. I'm very excited for that. But um, yeah, I've normally just commuted to every con every single day. Um, what are some of your goals in the fandom? Mainly just to have fun. My biggest goal is have fun. I want to learn from other people. I want to interact. I want to uplift voices that aren't normally heard a lot of the time. Um, and I, I, I want to potentially become more of a well-known artist around either locally or non-locally um, and really kind of like make more of a living that way because art brings me so much joy and I genuinely love creating for this fandom and interacting with this fandom in that way um it's really fulfilling but my biggest yeah my biggest one is just have a good time enjoy myself meet some new people what about you definitely meeting people um having that community because I feel like I've really been trying these past couple of years to like reach out and meet new people and make new friends and like have new experiences I totally agree. I, I want to make Young Me proud, and I I would just love to make the fandom even even more accepting and inclusive than it already is for so many different people. I want it to be a space that people young and old can feel welcome to have those experiences and enjoy everything that the fandom has to offer without fear of judgment or ridicule or anything like that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the structure of this podcast for anybody who's wondering, because I know we've been talking a lot about ourselves and letting you guys get to know us a little bit. Um, but I wanted to talk about the podcast because I've gotten a lot of questions and I answer a lot of, um, a lot of the questions already on my Instagram, be with pause, but I wanted to talk about here. So the length for these episodes, we're thinking maybe around like 45 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half. We're very chatty. <laughs> we have a lot of the <laughs> same experiences, but we have a lot of different experiences. And whenever we have new guests on the show, um, we want to just be able to talk and, you know, listen. We're going to be, like I said before, alternating episodes with just Crow and I um, and then having a guest. We're also going to have interactive episodes where we will send out Google Forms and you guys can give us feedback or give us questions or give us answers or stories and we can read it and talk about it here on the podcast together. Um, our biggest goal is to connect with you guys, connect with the fandom, have fun, learn and educate and listen to one another to be able to uplift voices and see what we can do. I'm really excited to see what we are able to achieve with this podcast and how we're able to interact with other people and see if people want to interact with us. I agree. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this first episode. Um, it might be a little bit rocky. It might be edited a little, a little weird. We are still learning. We are novices at this. Um, 
very new amateurs, <laughs> if you will. But we are so excited to do this for you guys and do this with you guys. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining us for our first episode of Unpaused. Woo! Yay! Thank you! <laughs>